we're back with Blood and Bud, brought Blood to you Bud, by the Boom Bastic Media Network. <laughs> Can't get enough of that Blood and Bud. Cannot. Talking about Bud and Blood, I we have a guest here with us. You do. My one of my best buddies, partner in crime, right here, yeah, Dennis yeah, Layton. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. So sorry, I was in the middle of uh, <clears throat> was in the middle of partaking. All right, that's that's what we do here. We, yeah, we yeah, smoke. That's what we do. We partake. We talk. We talk movies. We smoke. This is the show that has it all. Yeah, we're like a variety show for the stoners and the people that have nothing else to do. Pretty much. Yeah. I can dig it. Hmm. Like, yeah, Billy. <laughs> so how are you, Billy? I am doing good. I basically nice long work day. Um, got production coming up right around the corner. Waiting for some checks to clear. Waiting for the good word to go. Then it's going to be insanity from the word go. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Exciting stuff. I feel you, actually. I have some stuff lining up uh, in the next, like, three years with the Expose Company by Gina McGahee. I gotta say, thank you. I can't wait for uh, the final straw. And there's this new movie coming out, too, that he's writing the script for. And I, one little thing, it has Sasquatch in it. So all of you need to, like, wait for this one. It's going to be sick. I love anything that has Sasquatch. Watch. I actually did a Sasquatch makeup uh, a few years ago with, um, really? yeah, with Maddie Fisher and Alex Hawk, Ray Booten, um, uh, Christopher Long, um, uh, and well, actually Christopher Long and Alex Hawk were both in shock treatment. I did their makeups, and Chris Long, uh, I made into um, a Sasquatch. I basically did the face. We, we pinned everything on him. We didn't have enough pins, so we were like so filming it in a way where we were being smart about it and it actually came up pretty damn good it's on the american sasquatch dvd you can get it on amazon and and um check it out if you're interested well yeah i'm I'm definitely interested so let's get on board <laughs> yeah yeah in fact when i see you next time jesse we'll throw that on i can actually show you because i forgot i do have, I have a copy oh yay i'm excited awesome yeah so, what else is going on? It has been a few weeks since we've actually seen each other. We have talked in the meantime. You know, how's life been treating you? Uh, life is always up and down, but I'm here for the ride. So, you know, can't really complain. I'm just pumped to have you with us, Dennis. Yeah? Yeah. Yay. Like, <laughs> now, uh, tell us, I mean, even though we said your name, tell us your name. Oh, I'm Dennis Layton. That's nice. my Dennis Layton. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. in this still active? Oh, the Grey Curtain? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Grey Curtain's fucking awesome, but you can tell us about it. <laughs> uh, the Grey Curtain is basically uh, a band I started uh, in 2014 after a, uh, after a downward spiral. Uh, I called up uh, Jim Miller to... Uh, assist me because I had just come in fourth out of like 189 bands uh, to place like in the top nine for this battle of the bands in uh, Foxwoods. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, they gave us two weeks to come up with a band, come up with like three songs for the round. 
And, uh, you know, we had like two practices, I think. And we drove over to Foxwoods. You know, we weren't even called the Great Curtain yet. We were called Dennis Lee. There was no concept. There was, it was nothing. Just you. <laughs> it was just me and a couple of songs that I wrote on a bass and sang to. And, uh, you know, just like concepts at the time. And we went there and we won the first round. And we kind of looked at each other like, what? What? <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, at the time, you know, it was pretty much an entirely different lineup, but, uh, you know, it was still like, you know, a bunch of good guys and, uh, they, they pretty much were just like, well, you know, and I was the same way thinking, well, you know, we're not going to win, you know, but, you know, we'll get a free meal out of it, a couple free beer tokens. You know, we'll get to get a tiny bit of exposure for our musical talents, whatever. What made you actually go and do it? Um, well, actually, uh, some people just let like one little thing stop them from even trying. Honestly, I mean, I am sadly dependent on uh, the people around me. I, and when I say sadly, I mean, like, I don't get out of bed unless I feel loved. It's Aww. it's like, ugh, it's sick. I and it's always been a problem with me, but, uh, like if I feel like there's at least three or four people in my life that want me to do something, you know, and succeed and get ahead in life, I will get up out of bed and I will do what I have to do. And it just so happens, uh, around 2000, late 2013, I started, uh, this girl who was also named Jesse, and uh Jesse's are bitches mm. uh, so basically uh she kind of told me about this thing, and you know she was like, "I think you should give this a shot. you know what's the worst that could happen? You don't place okay, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I will, so I had like a couple of recordings that I did at this guy's house and I said, fuck it, you know, and it just so happened Jim Miller, my keyboard player, uh, was, uh, one of the people I had just come by and jam a couple of songs. <laughs> and so he's been there for the long haul. He pretty much has. He, wow. like, you want to talk about someone who has just put up with my, like, I am, I'm confident I am like, uh, undiagnosed bipolar. I swear to God. He's like a 12 year old boy that's like hyped up on sugar all the time. Well, I mean, especially when I'm bipolar and also on the spectrum. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from because I think when I'm not medicated, um, the whole like depression thing, being in bed, not feeling love and you just stay yeah. in bed. I've been there before and it's hard to get past that. And when I was able to basically have friends and listen to them where it's like, they want this for me more than I want it myself. That really is extremely um, gratifying that people care that much. And it's wonderful that we have a support system that has continued to push you um, along this musical path that you've gone on. Absolutely. And but the problem is, is that before I, before I took extra steps, and I'll get to that a little bit if you guys don't mind, but Not at all. I don't want to bogart the 
you know, the proceedings. This but, is about you and marijuana. All right. <laughs> well, basically, um, yep, go ahead. Whoa. Bas- basically, um, I forgot what I was talking about. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Um, it sounds like you were oh, uh, basically like I, I feel like I'm undiagnosed bipolar because, um, you know, I've been diagnosed with depression. I've been diagnosed with, uh, anxiety, like hyper anxiety. And there are times where I, like, I just, can't get out of bed. I cannot. Um, unless there's like an upheaval of motivation and ambition. And I'm like a junk car. I have to be jump started on a regular basis. And it's sad. And I feel so sorry for the people that are in my life that have to deal with that on a regular basis. Um, but, uh, you know, God had a plan for me and it's, uh, it's expiring every, every minute. You know, I was, when I was diagnosed at age eight, I, I've been, you know, when I was diagnosed with Gorland syndrome, all I kept thinking about was every member of my family. They, we don't die of uh, old age. We die of cancer. And it, for those who don't know what that is. Oh, Gorland syndrome. Yeah. Gorland syndrome is a, uh, it's a rare form of cancer. My father had it, and it's hereditary. Basically, uh, there was a 50-50 chance that, you know, if my father had kids, they would carry on the gene. Oh. He had three kids, two of us. Actually, I, I, who knows, actually, how many kids my dad had, you know. All the, res- you know, all the respect in the world to the dead, you know. I didn't even know I had, like, two sisters before I, you know. I think I was like 20 something. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, unfortunately when it comes to my journey with music, I, because I feel this way about time and my life and whatnot, a lot of people feel pressured by like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? Can we do, you know, can we do that? That's fine. And I feed so much information. This this chick right here can tell you, I will send 30 messages to your one. Yeah. And it's like all pictures of, you know, like there's a face and then I like I color in a little bit of shading here and I send you another picture. What do you think? And it I wait. It looks like a penis or a vagina, though. Yeah. 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 I, I think I have some unresolved issues. I think so. Freudian issues. It always goes back to Freud, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Jesse definitely is a radiant, wonderful personality where it's so easy to just, you know, I mean, you, you can always vibe with her. It's the, you know. Oh, yeah. It's the people that, I mean. So easy. That, that might not, you know, where she, you know, might not get along with. I mean, Jesse, you're one of the, I mean, you can get along with anyone as far as I'm concerned. I yeah. tried so, to. Yeah. My girlfriend's the same way. Like, I love her. Yeah. Already. <laughs> yeah. Like, my girlfriend, she can walk into a room full of strangers and be friends with at least 50% of them by the end of the night. And it's that's insane. A good, it, perk, it, and that's a good, you know, perk, you know, to. Yeah. 
personality. Perfect, perfect example. Hey, babe. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> perfect example, right? We go to a Flog and Molly show last night, and I'm doing things that I've, I just, until I met her, and this goes back to what I was talking about, so it does connect. Um, uh, we, uh, before we started dating, there were things like, uh, I, I wouldn't go out to eat before the show. I would get to the show. I would wait in line or whatever. I would go, I'd go in, watch the show and I'd leave. You know, I just like, I need to get home. You know, it's like, no matter where I am, I need to go. Um, so anyway, we stop at Pizza Uno, right? And like I said, you know, the, the band we went to see last night, Flog and Molly, we stop over at Pizza Uno and right next to where they parked us, like from you to me. Yeah. Is Matt the accordion player for Flog and Molly? Oh. Um, you could have touched him. I, I wanted to. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody here is familiar with Bob's Burgers. Yes. Okay. Louise, when she goes nuts for BB, the, mm-hmm. the guy, the boy band kid. That's you. That was me. I was afraid I was going to smack it. <laughs> You know, you know, so I, I, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like, like a little child. I love it. Oh, it was amazing. And then, uh, okay, so we get to the show. And once again, you know, magnetic woman. She, first up before Flag and Molly is anti-flag. Mm-hmm. She goes right into the pit. And I'm so, like, enamored with the fact that. My you know, heart. I know. Heart I was heart. like, oh, get out of here. And she's like, she's no fear, you know, going up against guys twice her size. She don't fucking care. And, uh, she, uh, you know, she's going and going and this guy looks over at me and, you know, kind of like, I was like, yeah, that's my girl. (laughs) So then as I look up, she's on the other side of the pit waving me over. She's right next to the stage, you know, and, you know, shout out to evil Rob. Uh, Evil Rob Photography because uh, he was there too with uh, with Mike uh, from uh, uh, Matt, uh, Mike Weem from uh, Bloodline Theory and Planets and like 30 other fucking bands around here. Awesome dude. Uh, the reason I say this is they're on the other side of the fence and Evil Rob's taking pictures of me while he's taking shots of uh, the bands and uh, you know I went across the pit you know I would have been so afraid, so afraid. I wouldn't have even tried it. Every time I've seen Flock and Molly 12 times, I never get close to the stage. No, I'm, I'm just so afraid of getting knocked over. My fragile little princess, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm you know, I mean, I've, I, I mean I've, I've got cancer. I've got two, I've got a spinal fusion. One of the rods is broken. You know, it's like I'm my, my pit days are over. Yeah. Um, but I went across the pit and joined her right next to the stage. And like I said, Eva Rob's taking pictures of me. We're having a great time. Mm-hmm. And throughout the show, you know, Matt from Flog and Molly looks over at us and then he recognizes us and I'm, you know, fangirling. <laughs> and then they reach the end of the show and Dave King, my, like, like my Mount Rushmore of heroes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my girlfriend is making motions that are, yeah. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. All over the screen. All over, all over y'all's camera. 
Everyone watching on Patreon, this is for you. But basically, yes. yes. <laughs> now, wipey, wipey, wipey. Okay, back carry to the story. Uh, so, Dave King, the lead singer of uh, Flog and Molly, notices me, points at me, walks over, grabs his set list, and hands it to me. This is the first set list I've ever gotten. And I've been a musician since I came out of the womb. I've been a music lover since I came out of the womb. All of my uh, family are musicians. Can you say womb again? Womb. Thank you. Womb. I came out of a womb. <laughs> womb. I get down like womb. <laughs> so it's all about that person that brings the light back into your life to keep you going? Basically. Um, you know, uh, case in point, uh, right before I met Kate, uh, the Grey Curtain had a huge argument after the album release. Um, you know, haven't uh, haven't talked to uh, the guys really since. You know, everybody's got to kind of calm down and whatnot. Um, That's okay, because we're doing other things, too. Plus, well, like, we yeah. got to showcase part of the Town of Apathy That's during right. that yeah, show. Yeah, the florist mask during the, uh, the album release. But, you know, what I'm getting at, though, is, you know, brothers fight. Yeah. You know, it'll happen. But, um, and actually, uh, Bill, you, you brought that up, uh, uh, while we were talking earlier. It's like, you know, you're in a band and you have, you know, you have all of these elements that have to work. Yeah. You know, but in order for that to happen, you also have to have patience. You know, you have to have patience for the people that are important to you. And to back to what I was saying, you need a lot of patience for me. So I met Kate just in time before I started having another breakdown and maybe ruined my sobriety. I'm glad that did not happen. Yeah. How, how long mean, has the sobriety going on? Three years. Three November years. was three years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, before that was uh, 14 months. That's when I started the Grey Curtain. But at some point, you know, my, my brain was like, you know, you went 14 months. You don't have a problem anymore and started drinking again. And it was like slowly but surely, uh, you know, it was like the train started going. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just had to come off the tracks. And uh, came you say just performing with others was kind of adding to the pressure of drinking. Or would you say like we're, maybe some of these other people were in the program as well? And they were like, hey, let's not and you know do something else or you know i could be i don't know i was just curious you know i I could be wrong no 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 it's a good it's a good question you know i'm i'm sitting here like contemplating it um it's the fact that um when my when my dad got sober right uh he got sober after uh physically uh and uh mentally and sexually abusing me uh, spent like a little while in jail, came back and he was pretty much a completely different person, but he couldn't play again. And the reason, <laughs> reason for that is he kind of associated playing music, playing drums with his alcohol. You see, it's all a matter of the mind. So when. Because oh, that triggered the, the addiction type thing. Exactly. I see. That was his trigger. Okay, yeah, because that's what it's all about. It's like, what is that trigger? And it's great. And what's your tether to stay sober? Exactly. And when you you realize it and you can acknowledge it, that's the huge thing. 
Because some yeah. people just might not be able to find that, that trigger is. That's something they have to find for themselves. It took me 40 years. Yeah, well, actually 37 because I've been sober. But it took me 37 years. And it took me seven loves uh, that I hurt in, you know, some way, cheated on them, you know, made them feel like garbage. We've all been a victim and we've yeah. all been a villain in a story. Oh, you know? Exactly. Oh, you know? exactly. Well, there was a reason there was a reason for that behavior. Yeah. You know, and it sucks. It sucks that, you know, I didn't learn my lesson until now. But, uh, you know, we move forward and we, uh, I mean, that's all we can do is just not relive what, you know, we've gone through before to, you know, take those experiences and kind of reassess them, I think is the best way to put it. Be like, you know what? I don't want to be this that person because I was there. Exactly. Let's let's find out how we can help ourselves to move forward and not relive these events. And that you mentioned triggers, that was mine. Living in the past. You want to talk about someone that's living in the past. I was physically, mentally still there every day. Every and it's so every hard. Person. I mean, yeah. it's in the past because sometimes you need inspiration to come from different places so you're not dwelling in that particular area. And it's funny because I know how, like, you know, we're talking drugs and, like, you know, not just horror movies, but even, like, I mean, we all love to laugh. I think it's just a natural yeah. thing. So even, like, comedy, you know, or just talking with people and telling fun stories or watching fun movies yeah. can definitely just kind of help that transition, I guess you it's would soul say. food. Yeah. It is soul food. And soul food. I know we're kind of like I know we're kind of like not deviating too much, but like to keep in the whole stoner, you know, kind of arena, you know, with where well, you're going with that. Yeah, and depression. And then to kind of invert that and even laugh, like, what are some of your some of your favorite stoner comedies? Hmm. Um well uh, there's there's fear and loathing, excellent. Um, and I just love the the story of how like Johnny Depp spent like what was it like a was it a week or a year? I, I <laughs> like he spent this time in 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 Hunter's basement and like lived with him in his basement to like study him. Really? Have you seen the, yeah. um, the other one? I did not know that. Oh, did you see the other one where the Buffalo Room, where Bill Murray played Hunter yeah. uh, S. Thompson? Like, oh that, no, no, I, I have not, but I've seen it like, mm-hmm. like the physical DVD. I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they're both. I mean, he was a fascinating man. You know, he was. You know, the, the father of Gonzo writing. I mm-hmm. mean, so many people have to attribute their success to what you know Hunter S. You know, is doing. Oh, absolutely. As absolutely. crazy as his lifestyle may be. The Rum Diaries, same thing. You know, I, I, you know, I, Rum Diaries wasn't as great of a film as Fear and Loathing, but then again, few films are. Uh, but, uh, wasn't that, your other favorite one, Half Baked? Half Baked. Yeah, I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna segue. Why did come to sing up, <laughs> Where you from? Everybody buddy? know in my neighborhood. 
Dude, I just watched Friday for the first time oh. not too long ago. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know, I'm sheltered. Oh man, Friday. It was like that. Fuck that. Yeah. There's uh, there's principalities here. Oh, get in here. I'm just knowing your ship for 18 years. You can do it with my ship for <laughs> 45 you know, seconds. Hi. Yeah. Now, your mother told me what happened. How are you going to get fired on the day off? <laughs> and Chris really Tucker was so huh? perfect. Between Ice Cube and Chris Tucker, it was just an amazing pair. And yeah. even the people on that neighborhood, the neighbors in the bucket. Wasn't Tony Cox? The little guy in there, actually, from... I don't uh, think he was in the first one. Maybe he I wasn't. I think he came in later on. Okay. Because yeah, they made, like... A, yeah, I no, think they made like three of them. Friday. Well, I know Friday, next Friday, and the Friday, Friday after next. next. And the Friday yeah. after next, I believe, was the Christmas one. They may have made maybe one they of They did a last Friday. Okay. They I did a last that. Friday, and I forget who showed back up for that one. I think Chris Tucker showed back up. I guess up they don't want to make another one because, uh. Because it's killed. They don't want to, no, because they don't want, whoever, I can't remember who is, is Ice Cube? No. Someone doesn't want to smoke weed anymore, so they don't want to make another movie to promote it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And plus, I, I wouldn't like, be surprised even yeah, if, yeah. like, Ice Cube's kid, who's out, who's in cocaine beer right now, out in theaters, um, by the way, the Dead Kids of Dairy is going to go take a movie field trip to watch that movie. Next Tuesday, so we're definitely Next looking Tuesday. forward to that. <laughs> if you're free, sir, you are more than welcome to join us, you and the missus. Next uh, next Tuesday, do we have anything going on next Tuesday? She is uh, not only my girlfriend, she is basically running my life. In a good way. No, I was going to say, she has to. Because if you if you leave me alone in the store, I will get lost. He's like an adult cat, where it's like he's okay for the most I part, but stuff. But adult cat, yeah. you're right. Yeah. She, she scratches my head, and I purr. So, so in other words, <laughs> you're the wanderer. He goes around because he, he's the wanderer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I can relate totally. I remember my ex would always be like, Billy, where are you? And I'm usually walking around the store somewhere. It's like, why haven't you seen him by me? It's like, I don't know. I'm just like, no, come here. Someone will talk to you. You'll get lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember my mom freaking out because I got, I got lost one time. And I just remember her grabbing me by the shoulders. Like, where were you? I'm like, I was just looking at toys. <laughs> what? You're like on the other side of the store. Meanwhile, the cops show up and they're like, oh, you found him. Good. It's so funny you say that because to me, I and I know how we were talking like stoner comedies. To me, it's not a stoner. It is a stoner comedy, even though it's not. It's called. It's a, baby. It's a comedy that like. That it's a comedy that involves a baby that basically goes wandering all across Chicago. And Joe Mantegna is going after him. It's called Baby Stay Out. The movie, yes. movie yes. yes. I saw that in the theaters. It's hysterical. It's totally not a stoner comedy, but to me, I, I, but I'm all stoned around. The higher it. you oh. are, the better it is. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Joe is so. Oh, he's a treasure, man. He is an absolute treasure. I love him in Criminal Minds. You know, I loved him in uh, Airheads. I love Airheads. Speaking of stoner comedies, um, you know, Cabin in the Woods is still a stoner movie. Cabin I think we said it before, but... Oh, it's a stoner movie. Yeah. Cabin's worth, man. He's the only survivor, man. That 
Well, that plot just does not make sense unless you're it's, high. It's Joss Whedon, so I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, there was one that just came to mind when he was talking and I, I forgot. Club Dread? Club Dread, yes. yes. Thank so with you. Club, uh, with Club Dread, I mean, Bill Paxton, you know, the way he looked in that movie was just so funny. It almost reminded me of like when Jack Black was in I Still Know What You Did Next, last summer. Playing, <laughs> White Rastafarian boy, like come on! Oh my god! Oh, Oh, do you know Jack Black's first uh, movie role was Mars Attacks? I well, actually, before that, one thing it was before that. Oh, no, he's gonna burst our bubble now. Well, yeah, she knows. He was in an episode of X Files, but Giovanni Ribisi, and of course, Giovanni went on to Ted. He was the villain in that. I think he was also in the Italian job and it was called, uh, EPO. And basically he shoots lightning and he's in an arcade. I don't know if the sounds at all familiar in the, in the uh, X-Files universe, but that was one of Jack Black's first. And the never ending story part three, he was the villain, yeah. <laughs> you know, as well. He, I, a- I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my. Yeah, my jackass cap on here. I didn't know there were three never-ending stories. I just got really sad. I didn't know either. Well, the first one will always be the best, no matter yeah. what. It, it doesn't mean we have to regard the second one and the third one. That's, the, that's what I say about hard remakes. Just because it's there. That's what I say about the Matrix. Watch the original, if you're going to bitch and complain about it. Just watch the yeah. original. Yeah. I love the original. Yeah. So, um... Before we were recording, you guys were talking about that Vincent Price movie. What oh. can you explain that to me? Because I've never seen it. I don't even know what it's about. Bloodbath at the House of Death. Bloodbath at the House of Death. I remember watching this movie uh, when I was uh, God, I like pre double digits. Okay. And my brother had uh, my brother had rented it or stolen it from a friend. R.I.P. Billy Jackass, but. Um, when, uh, when I watched this movie, I remember being shocked, like really shocked at like a lot of like the absolute craziness in this movie. And I knew Vincent Price for horror, but I didn't know him for like slapstick horror. Mm -hmm. This is a slapsticky movie. It kind of is because the one, uh, the one scene that I remember outside of like almost like a Rocky Horror Picture Show esque type ending. I love that movie. Uh, I remember uh, this guy just walking down uh, walking down a hallway and a phone's ringing, and he picks the phone up and he puts the phone to his ear and a spike goes from the receiver into his head and through the other side. Uh, I'm loving it so much. <laughs> me, me as a you know as a kid, I didn't. And, you know, back, this is back when landlines were around children. Uh, you know, and the curly cord, you know. Whatnot. Yeah, the 10 feet of cord. Yeah. You know what wrapped around you? I completely, yeah, I remember those days. You, you guys want to talk about tethers. Yeah. <laughs> I was tethered to the wall a lot. But, uh, so anyway, I, I wouldn't go near the phone for months after that. It's like, Dennis, the phone's ringing. I don't fucking care. I ain't dying today, mom. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Let the machine get it. Or when you try and get on dial up and you're like, no one pick up the phone for the next two hours. <laughs> Who's using up all the wifi? 
and the weepies. Call after nine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's when the planets align and the satellites are, you know, in conjunction oh. with Mars. I don't fucking know. An amazing time way back when on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will never miss that dial-up sound, though. I will never miss that. Oh, God. I still have to hear it at work. Oh, really? Yeah, because we have, like, a money order machine. So when you set it up, it has to, like, go through the dial-up, and it's horrifying. That's right. But, yeah, uh, I was, uh, I don't know. Like, if I were to watch it today, I'd probably laugh my balls off. But as a child, this movie just scared the shit out of me. Well, didn't you say we're starting to say something immediately following that with um, the child's play at the first? Uh, yes. Yeah. The first time I saw Chucky, I think I was like 10 or 11. And I I walked in as my cousins were watching it. Uh, my cousin Tori, you know, had rented it. And, you know, they didn't see me. And I go around the couch and it's the scene where uh, Andy's mom finds out that Chucky's doesn't have his batteries in and she sets the the uh, chimney on you know ablaze and she's like that's the iconic scene throw you on the fire yeah. and he comes to life and he's like you stupid bitch you filthy smart I was like okay I'm going and, and I have my funny doll you're not expecting that voice and that demeanor to come out of that doll, because and I was around. You said you're four. I'm, I'm the same age. I saw it when I was like seven or eight, and it, when that doll first came to life, I was frozen in terror, but I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Yes, <laughs> and and the way that they worked it too was amazing because they pretty much used the same stuff that the people of the Wizard of Oz did. You know, they. Hired a couple of little people. Yeah. Said, walk around in, uh, you know, blue overalls and wear this Chucky mask. And yeah, it's it was better Ed than any Gale, CGI uh, you're going to get today. Hmm? Ed Gale was the super performer and he was also best known as playing Howard the Duck as well. Howard the, oh my God. I absolutely love Howard the Duck. I do. I mean, I know. Uh, I'm, I may be in the minority, but no, I grew up on Howard. I'm sure I like it. I just like to see a picture. I mean, Howard the Duck, the comic book, and when George Lucas, it was off and on with him going to be affiliated with it. I just saw a documentary recently about Howard the Duck because it's one of George Lucas's biggest disappointments, unfortunately, because the movie yeah. did have a lot going for it. But when you got like Phil Tippett to come in and do like the stop motion creatures at the end, Mm-hmm. I mean, those creatures didn't deserve to be in that movie because that's how <laughs> they look. And I almost feel the, the same way about the suckling, which is another crazy movie. Suckling? That yeah, just sounds it, gross. I mean, the monster. The monster looks way better than it deserves to actually be in the movie. But I, you know, the Tick. The, the overlords, I think they were called in Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in, but uh, am I right though? Ticks. You ever t- see ticks? Uh, ticks. I own, I'm obsessed with that movie. If right. you actually think of the cast, it is nearly Carl, perfect for its time. From, uh, you have Alfonso Roberto, you have yes. Amy Dolan's, Mickey Dolan's daughter, you have yes. a young Seth Green. Yes, you do. Peter Scolari, the other bosom buddy, and you also have Rosalind Allen. And then you have... Rosalind Allen. Even the secondary God. cast is worthy. You have Clint Howard, his father... 
you have, um, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Um, he's a great, uh, Barry Lynch, who's actually the brother of Richard Lynch, who was in like Puppet Master 3. And, you know, I mean, yep. Tony Randall did an amazing job with, with K, between K and B and the effects and the stop motion stuff that was in, it, it's a nearly perfect movie of its time. I can't say enough about Ticks. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Ticks and Tremors are like the two movies that, like with Tremors, yeah, they you know the sequels, you know, great. You know, you like them, you don't like them, but that first Brown movie. Oh, oh, when she's on that pogo stick, I was like, oh my god, what are you doing? And I love how it stays perfectly vertical right before it actually, you know. Yes. Oh, and uh, of course, I love the series. Of, Did you watch the TV show? Huh? Did you watch the, when it was a TV show? Um, Tremors. I forgot. TV? I forgot that it was a TV show. <laughs> oh, I forgot that it was a TV show. No, I didn't. I don't Check think I watched. Well, your girlfriend it's, owns it's it, pretty, so you can watch it. There you go. Yes. Pretty good. But, but uh, you know, I mean, that line at the end with Kevin Bacon was just the absolute best. Can you fly, motherfucker? It's like, can you fly? When I was a kid, oh, I thought Bon Jovi was Kevin Bacon and vice versa. I thought I they were the same it. person. Yeah. I thought I, you, gave I, love haircut, the I, you gave love a Band-Aid. Yeah. It's yeah. true, though. Yeah. I gave love a Band-Aid. Yeah. And then I ripped it off. Yeah. <laughs> gave a Band-Aid for a bullet wound. And there was a time, because what Jess was saying, for me. I couldn't tell who Patrick Swayze and... Kurt Russell apart at one point. I couldn't tell them apart because they had that mullet going on. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, similar hair. And they, they were both action stars. I mean, yeah. Escape from New York. Yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Well, that, another great stoner. Wasn't he Snake Plissken in that? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was, well, yeah, Snake Plissken, yeah. Escape from LA. Or Escape That's, from New York. Uh, and you like play Metal Gear Solid and you're like, is this the same person? Same person. It is. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the only decent thing about L.A. is that it had also Bruce Campbell. Okay. Bruce Campbell is the greatest so. Campbell. The star of the silver screen. I can't remember the words. But Psycho Stick is amazing. Everyone should listen to them. Sorry. Well, you know what? I'm actually really interested in checking out Dennis's uh, yeah. more of his music. Because, you know. I'm, I'm music? With, uh, yeah. I'm actually yeah. intrigued with uh, the Grey Curtain. So, you know, I would love to you know, hear some of your stuff. Well, uh, the, uh, the gray curtain can be found on all streaming outlets. Uh, you know, if you got Apple, you know, YouTube or on, it's YouTube. on Spotify, it's on Spotify. Okay. Uh, you know, and the gray is spelled G R E Y E Y the English spelling. Yes. Proper. Like the gray oh, ghost. The gray yes. Ghost. Exactly. The gray ghost. Oh. I could not find the band for the longest time. Cause I kept spelling it like G R A. A lot of people do. Yeah. And of course there's also no other band called the gray curtain. So it's either us or it's a bunch of literal gray curtains. <laughs> on, From like, Home Depot. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Look you up and they're looking at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. It's like all I could find was a really good deal on curtains. <laughs> So, well, uh, so you said, the great curtain, you have like the town of apathy that you're creating. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's nice about, you know, taking these little sabbaticals and working on my solo music. You know, my, you know, it's looking like I'm going to be going on tour uh, during the summer, maybe. 
you know, it's really a matter of, uh, you know, putting certain eggs in certain baskets. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if that doesn't happen, you know, I'll be working on the, uh, the comic, which is, uh, tied in with the, the stories of the town of apathy and the, uh, the albums, excuse me, the albums of the gray curtain. Uh, yeah, actually, tell us more about your comic because I'd love to hear, you know, more about that as well. Well, geek uh, out. It's okay. Can I? Yes, you yeah. can. Full on. I'm, I look over at you and I'm so worried I'm bogarting. Not at all. This is about you. Okay. Like I promote what you've got going. And it's interesting. You're the subject. So, you know, it's all about you, buddy. All right. Well, uh, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, uh, Henry Miller, uh, once wrote that the best way to get over a woman was to turn her into literature. I, I, uh, I cannot stand here and play around like I actually read uh, Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Can- uh, Capricorn, but uh, what I did do was watch 500 Days of Summer. Awesome movie, by the way. Uh, Joseph Levin. Um, Zoe Deschanel. Amazing movie. Um, but, but anyway, I, I took that quote and I applied it to uh, all of my hurts, habits, and hangups. Uh, you know, if I was afraid of heights, I created a character for my fear of heights. If I, uh, you know, if I was afraid about a, uh, a meeting I had coming up, there was a character for that. There was a citizen for that anxiety, that, that stress, that fear. Uh, if uh, I was mad at the guy at the gas station, you know, for giving me lip because I didn't want to pay. He didn't want me to uh, pay him in quarters. You know, yeah. How how dare he? Every asshole has a character. And pretty and much. Just so I don't know if you can see, but like this whiteboard right here. Yeah. Is um all these characters? Whoopsie! All these characters that he's like created for the town of Apathy. Oh wow! Like it's so interesting. There are now twenty chapters actually. And they, uh, actually, I have, you know, titles and kind of campfire setups, campfire story setups for every story. Uh, my hope is that eventually, like, it'll be a therapeutic tool for so people. How long ago did you start this? 2013 after a very bad breakup. Okay. Um, I uh I lost my dad and my aunt to cancer within a month of each other. And uh I was already an alcoholic but didn't want to admit it. Uh and I started dabbling in pills. I would take these said pills like Adderall and whatnot, uh with some heavy doses of hundred proof whiskey. Uh namely, you know, uh my my drink of choice uh, most of the time was Yukon Jack. Um, but if I could get my hands on some prime moonshine, I would. Uh, but I also, you know, like I, I threw this name around that I was the whiskey king, you know, and I, I was the whiskey king. I even had a championship belt. I was the whiskey champion. Is he now in the town? Huh? Is he now in the town? Uh, Everything I just said is like 15 different characters in the town of (laughs) Atlanta. And so you pretty much took like your pain, your trauma, and you instead of acting out on it, you you wrote about it. Basically, and you, you created person- something. So you personify 
each character with something that you're feeling internally. And that is, I mean, you know, there's brilliance to that because you're able to channel everything now with these characters. And that is actually very therapeutic. Not, not only that, but you're using your art to help enhance, you know, through your vices and your, the tools at your disposal to just, I mean, congratulations. I mean, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years, man. I mean, that is amazing dedication. Now, is this something that you want to publish? Is this something yeah. that you, okay. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, I want to make, I want to make a show, movies. I, I want to. Like pipe dreams are my kryptonite. Um, you gotta I, have dreams, man. That's what I'm saying. But, uh, I mean, point blank, you know, like I was saying, it's very difficult to deal with me on a regular basis. You know, my bandmates have families, jobs, other jobs, other bands, you know, they can't, you know, drop everything at the drop of a hat to deal with every little thing, every little detail at every little time that I come up with, you know, so it's a lot of stress. So, you know, on top of all that, they have their own lives and whatnot. So when, when stresses boil over and I get yelled at, a lot of times I'll just be like, okay, no problem. See me? I'm over here. You just let me know when, you know, everything's cool again. So I'm hoping that, Eventually, because it's already happened with my bandmates and a couple other people. My my girlfriend, for example, my girlfriend Kate. Uh, this one right here. All uh, have, all have, all uh, have likenesses in uh, the town of Apathy. Likenesses slash characters that they've created based on, uh, you know, whether they just wanted to be part of it or whether they actually took something and said, this is my character, Dennis, put it in the town of apathy. And I just plugged it in. You know, it is, this character is now in this tree. So you almost can pit, you know, certain people against people in certain scenarios and situations where they're almost, it's a battle, but almost like if there has to be resolution or something ugly may happen. I mean, dude, that's fucking brilliant because, uh, as a writer myself, um, I actually like to go to kids I went to school with in grammar school, and I'll use their names um, usually in a lot of stuff that I write. So it's kind of weird how with writing there's different parallels that we pull from, whether if it's on an emotional level or like a nostalgic level. Um, and so with you writing this thing uh, 10 years now, um, were you much of a writer? Like uh, when you were younger, did you always write? Like when you were really young? I always wrote. It was one of the only things like back in, back when I was a kid, you know, back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, we, but anyway, uh, it wasn't as like, uh, I guess I'll, I, the atmosphere in school was as sensitive as it is now you know bullying back when i was a kid drove you to suicide like now there's actual there's an actual scope on it 
you know, like people actually care now, you know, and I can't really pinpoint when it was to be quite honest. Maybe it was Columbine. I don't know, but there was a point where, you know, people said, Hey, we gotta, we gotta try to figure something out. Uh, because these bullied kids are having enough. And, uh, unfortunately when I was a kid, I mean, kids at school, my parents, well, sorry, Mm-mm. take that back. My dad, my mom is a saint. Like, oh my God, that woman, how she dealt with me, I have no idea. <laughs> but, um, but you just, uh, you have so many bullies. And I had, more bullies than I had friends, you know, and my mom wanted me to succeed so bad that, uh, she devoted her entire life to, you know, making sure I was okay. Cause to be honest, and I will be completely 100% during this entire thing, I should be talking to a banana making calls. I'm a banana making calls. There you go. Ring, ring. Hello. What, what you said hits home in a hard way and it's wonderful because I can say my mother is my best friend and it sounds like you know your mother has really always been there for you because and, and I'm going she's to been there for me when she really you know, shouldn't have been and, and and kind of even you know understand even that parallel I understand because I was in the seventh grade the first time I tried to take my own life mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful that my family was there for me, you know, in those trying times. And, um, you know, the fact how, I mean, my mother to me has always been my savior. And it's wonderful how, you know, like with, you know, just even the art, you know, that can come out of, the, you know, those frustrations and those channels of, of when you're writing, you just kind of go back to a, in a time to a different place and to almost take those as characters and then put them into some form of literature can have way more gravitas than just trying to, you know, figure out a scenario. And it all depends because it can work in your favor if it's something that you're trying to go for, or you just write it and save it and bookmark it and maybe it can be used, you know, somewhere else. Well, a yeah. fun fact about uh, the albums that you have, it's actually parts of the town of Apathy. Like, yeah. the stories that he was telling us about is in the music already. Like, if yeah. you listen to the albums you and ask him, like, yeah. what's this song about? It's like, about oh, this is about the character Nathan. And he gets, like, tries to leave the town. And yeah. then he ends up getting buried alive and, and dies. But it's like, this guy, Shoal, he's, like, the yeah. big bad. And we yeah. have a coat for him because we want to make yeah. this into a movie. And it's going to be so sad. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be like my dream, honestly. Before I die, I would love to finish all 20 of these, uh, get some sort of like visual, visual out there to go with the music, to go with the art. And I, yeah, exactly. And I would love it if it was some, uh, excuse me, some sort of therapeutic tool for people who grew up like me, who, you know, and maybe not like me, you know, because my story is my own, but your story is your own, you know. But you can still find your story in the town of apathy. Exactly. Exactly. And I we are not alone. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I, I would absolutely love to 
read what you've come up, you know, going to come up with so far because it just sounds. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm fascinated by this. I and, actually wanted to ask you to join in on this whole thing, Billy, because like I'm part of like he's my partner in crime, you know, apathy like for the agency. Apathy agency. So. I don't know, maybe in the future, blood and blood and everything else can kind of tie together. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, let's talk, let's figure something yeah. out. In the future. Yeah, in the future. That's wonderful. And, you know, yeah, so, I mean, I'm willing to dip my toe into a different arena, so That'd sounds like a lot of fun. Exciting. I, I honestly, like, the the story of the town of apathy is so obviously, like, deeply personal to me but it's deeply personal because like i want to help people i really do i want i want so badly for people to like me that i end up being a dick to people i hate that about myself so i created this world where people can just be themselves you know uh you know I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of an overdose. I, you know, I'm sad because I lost my mom in a parachuting accident. You know, I don't know. You know, whatever that hurt habit or hang up may be, create a character, insert them in the town of apathy and keep them there. Because that's what the town of apathy is. It's a, it's a town designed by a, uh, excuse me, a undead demigod from purgatory who is seeking vengeance on the people of this town that are responsible for his death back in the colonial days. Okay. And uh, basically every album that the Great Curtain comes up with is a chapter of the town of Apathy that delves in one particular you know, straightforward, uh, not narrow storyline necessarily because we do fork off during the albums. And, uh, the, if the people listen to the albums, they'll, they'll figure it out, I think. But, uh, this demigod, Shoal, comes to the town one day and in, uh, basically, forces the people of the town to give them the soul of his firstborn son. Very biblical type of uh, scenario. And the family that he wanted to do, uh, do in their child, drowned their child in a, in a river. And it took them three years to finally grow mad enough to want to kill their child. Shoal and, you know, in uh, IRL is the, in real life, uh, the, uh, is the epitome of all of my fears. Everything I hate about myself, this unbridled fear that something will not get finished, that I will leave something undone, that my soul will be compelled to stay here when I die. I don't want that. And Shoal is that feeling. So Shoal is basically an unbeatable force. And he creates this town by escaping purgatory and contorting the fates realm, the three fates realm, and 
creating a town that, uh, excuse me, and creating a border, a town line around the town of Apathy that once you enter, you can't leave. And basically, there's 20, uh, 20 chapters that involve Shoal and the people who somehow uh, get trapped in the town of Apathy. And, you know, it's not really a spoiler. Nobody survives. Yay! Everyone dies! <laughs> I I'm all for it. I mean, it sounds, I'm re- you know, I'm, I love, I'm really, I'm intrigued. So, you know, it sounds really cool. Now, uh, so, so what is the next st- uh, step? Um, are you still writing? Um, are still you- in the, still in the creating writing process. You know, uh, Apathy Agency is, uh, just being formatted. We need writers. We need, uh, we need costume designers. We need, uh, you know, basically we need people that are passionate about the arts that don't mind the fact that this is a shoestring budget. <laughs> and it's basically just for, for therapy. You know, yeah. it's, it's to give, it's to give kids like us, you know, something to turn to when real life is really fucking shitty. You go to the town of apathy. And you see all of these characters that represent a feeling that somebody's feeling at some point, you know, in the country, in the world. So, you know, you're not alone. I love that. I'm just fascinated that they created this town where, you know, all these characters are. Because it's just, uh, you know, I mean, this is your world. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. I'd love to check this out. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess like the drug of the day would have been like alcohol, and we all know that alcohol is bad news bears. Alcohol. <laughs> hey, you know, if if you can handle alcohol, all the best to you. But I I am of the belief I I have an addictive personality, and I would not have the strength to say that if I didn't put myself on depression meds, anxiety meds actually go out and get the help that I needed. And it took a very long time for me to get there for me. Mm-hmm. For the people around me, I tried multiple times, seven to be exact. But I finally woke up one day and said, is this the way I want to live? Yeah. Do I really want to live like this? Because apparently I can't commit suicide. Tried seven times, failed every time, got caught, you know, but I, uh, I don't know. There's a, uh, there's the point that, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, uh, there's a point where, where, uh, apathy stops becoming a fictional story and it's, it, it's really me, you know? All of these chapters I created. I hope other people create chapters of their own and this lives on long after I'm dead. You know, I want therapy for people like me. And this is almost like a a brand that you're creating where 
you know, other, other contributors can come in, you know, with different perspectives and create a character and have it, you know, come into this town and, you know, see what these other folks are pitted up against. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like it. I like it a lot. Exactly. Yes, my final question for you today is, uh, what strand of weed helps you the most? <laughs> uh, anything, uh, I find Chemdog, uh, Chemdog's really good. Um, is that a hybrid sativa indica? It's a sativa. Okay. Yeah. I, I basically just work with sativas because, you know, indica by their very nature put you to sleep, uh, which is nice sometimes. Keeps me awake. Really? Yeah. See, she knows all the science. She, she's like. We should have you on the show next she, too. She is a jack of all trades. She really is. Um, but, uh, yeah. So basically, uh. With uppity highs. Yeah. I like, I, I don't know. I like to feel relaxed. I feel when I get anxious, <laughs> when, when I feel like over the top and, you know, the pain of the nausea and the vertigo and the hair loss are getting to me. You know, it's good to have a sativa and sit down, work on my art, work on my stories, just get my mind moving. You know? I like it. Use the weed as a tool. Yeah. Actually, over here, uh, I'm uh, doing some mimosa. Um, I, you know, like, uh, a good sativa or a good indica, you know, a good hybrid, you know, I'm all for, especially if you can feel centered, somewhat content, but still able to get stuff done. Um, and that's, uh, that's the strain I've been smoking over here. Yeah. Man. Oh, Mandalorian orange. Yeah. Mandalorian orange. Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar yeah. with that. Is that a fairly newer strain? I take it being uh, Mandalorian. It was a oopsie creation by a friend, and now he's working on getting it, so it's an official strain. Can you hear? Oh, oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically, like I said before, to you know, run it back. You know, she runs. She runs my life. I've. You know, she tells me to eat something that, you know, because it's healthy, I'll eat it. You know, smoke this, you'll like it. Awesome. I like it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, can I see the mask real quick, actually? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Before we uh, say goodbye and everything. Absolutely show this mask. For the last uh, album release he did, I made this mask for him, and he... Showcased it on stage. Yeah. Little teeth and everything. Yep, that's for the florist. Yep, so the story behind that was, uh, what, the florist got his face ripped off? No, no, <laughs> no. The florist, uh, basically forgoes hygiene after his wife dies. Um, and, uh, ends up ingesting, uh, this, uh, oil from, uh, the devil's trumpet. That's around the scarf that his wife was wearing on her deathbed. And he ends up hearing the voice of his, uh, of his dead wife coming in and telling him to bury the women of the town so that she will grow from the earth and they will be together again. And, uh, 
he basically starts rotting as he tries to do this. So like mentally and physically, and that's what he ends up looking like. I'm just so proud of myself. You should be proud. That thing is amazing. That looks fantastic. I'm digging it. It looks so good with him on it, like with him like wearing it. Oh my god, it was oh, insane. Yeah. And and she did makeup to go around everything. So there was like uh, I was wearing like my wrist to my uh, fist was like taped up, and she put so blood in there. So you're a full blown character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so like the plan was like every album release, I would make like a mask, and it would be portraying one character out of the whole thing. Yeah, because I remember there was a, a group in Boston, um, and, and you know, because whenever I, th- I think of, I mean, I've seen Guar probably maybe six to eight times, but I remember there was another group in Boston, and I think they were called Planetoid or something like that. Planetoid. I booked Planetoid like four shows. I love Planetoid. Oh, sure. I'm friends with a couple and, of those guys, and, and they're great guys. And I remember talking yeah. to them, and um. And one thing I always wanted to do is is create a character for someone who performs because it's not just doing a makeup for a movie. You're creating something that is going to be seen in front of people almost instantaneously. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to my friend Nikki Sin does the exact same thing. I know uh-huh. Nikki. I've known Nikki for years. I mean, awesome. I'm what? Wait, does Kate's band do that too? We do the costumes and get it. Oh, Guello. Yep. Yeah, Guello. Guello. Yeah. Check him out. Yeah, Guello. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and Joe's, uh, well, the, the Negans say, like, do they still, like, you know, dress like Negan or are they kind of like for special shows? For special shows. Okay. Wait, you mean like Negan from, like, The Walking Dead? Oh, and, yeah. Like, with Lucille? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they pull out the whole thing, like, are all of their songs about like Walking Everything Dead? Zombie. Everything uh, zombie. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Oh yeah. I, um, Great I bunch of guys. Fortunate enough to uh, do work for The Walking Dead uh, for the first season. I did pr- promotional special makeup effects. Uh, I had to make up like six zombies, and they went to like different Best Buys. I found out, and they were you know, watch the show. Here's a pamphlet for Best Buy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on Blood and Bud, Dennis. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. And thank you for these weed cookies, Kate. They taste so good. Wait, I should not. I should not be surprised. The the cookies had weed in them. <laughs> Actually, I'm fresh, made fresh made weed cookies. We've been eating. Mm-hmm. Fresh, freshly how, made weed cookies. That how much did I eat? I don't know. I had a quarter. I just ate a whole cookie, so we'll see what happens. I think I think I only had like a quarter of yeah, one. There was I I my girlfriend makes these pot cookies. She calls them danger cookies. The reason for this is because I had one. I ate them. Now I ate one. I went, man, this tastes really good, but I'm not feeling anything. So I ate another one. Lost the whole day. Wow. Yeah, it was Friday when I ate it. Friday night when I ate it, I woke up Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I broke an entire music festival. You should almost yeah. up the Weekender. The yeah. Weekender. Yeah. That's the style of it, yes. Yep. We should sell these cookies as that. And then I'll just make different cookies every show you do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This is perfect. Oh, man, she makes these peanut butter chocolate chip ones. Oh, they're 
amazing. Maybe we should have like a cooking show, Billy. Like one uh, one episode. Let's I, cook with Kate. I, I, I think I was one episode. Say, that's what you have did. To, we should a few episodes. We should have a cooking show. For cooking show. And we'll have horror movies in the background while we're cooking. So I think we could definitely infuse that real easy. Oh, All right, like, let's like, see what we can do. Like a Joe Bob Briggs type of thing, but with cooking. <laughs> Joe, Bob Briggs. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, uh, about half a year ago, I was down in Jersey. I was able to do this uh, Nosferatu Centennial episode. Um, I did the, uh, on Diana Prince, uh, turned her into a, a vampire creature. Um, it was brief, but, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know. Meeting those guys. Good down to <laughs> third folk. That's cool. Kind of how I felt when I met Corey Taylor. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I got to jerk off the nose of Pickle Nose. That's, it was the best day of my life. Very cool. Yeah, he came up to me and I was like, cha, cha, cha. I can die happy now. <laughs> That's why I said when Dave King gave me his set list. Yeah. Well, Billy, do you have any uh, parting remarks or anything you want to talk about? I just I had a good time here. I mean, I think this was a fantastic episode. You know, I think we actually got in on another level of blood and butt that I'm actually very happy with. And, it's very um, real. Like, everyone can, everyone deals with shit, you know? Never wrong. This was real. This was fun. You know, we talked movies. You know, we talked weed. We had a good time. And... I think this is by far almost the personification of one what well, what we should be striving for. This was a damn good episode. I agree. Nice. And it was all thanks to you, Dennis. Oh. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I could talk I could talk Bud, I could talk horror movies, comic I could talk movies. Oh my god, I drive her nuts. With my movie quotes and my Bob's Burgers. I think the two of us would basically go into a bar and the bar would close and we would be talking movies the whole time. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I need that in my life. Put that well, in my thing. I think we need, I think we're actually going to be hanging out incredibly soon. And we're I, I hope so. I love this idea. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry that things, you know, couldn't work out here on uh, my end because I was hoping to have you guys over. But uh, I'm glad uh, everything worked out. I'm glad, you know, we were able to do this. And, um, you know, this is this is just a damn good time. This is what blood and bud, this is what we like. This is how it should be. Yeah. I think this is how it's going to be from now on. <laughs> how we do it. So I think on that now, maybe we should start wrapping up here. I think so. Well, uh, thank you again to the Boombastic Media Network for having us. It's a part of your family. We thank love you, you so much. Mr. Fisher King. And Dennis, thank you so much for, you know, being uh, the subject guest here uh, on our episode. And thank uh, you so much for your time. Thanks we for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. This is what I wish I could do all the time. Might be yeah. a reality soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll catch the audience at the next episode of Blood and Bud. Blood and Bud. Blood and Bud. Bud, 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 Bud. Peace out, guys. Peace out. <laughs>